Guess who's back? Back again. J.O.'s back. Tell your friends. Yes, J.O. is back. Welcome back to Sig Daddy's Wrestling Show. I'm your host, Skyler Sig Daddy Sigmund. Joined by my co-host returning after a one-episode hiatus, it is J.O. joining back. Not joining back, but rejoining Sig Daddy's Wrestling Show for this week's episode. And uh, J.O., how are you feeling? I'm feeling all right, man. Glad to be back. The one-episode hiatus was for All Elite Wrestling's Double or Nothing 2022 reaction. Did that solo last week, and uh, I had a lot of fun doing that. It was interesting because I haven't done like a solo episode in, in quite some time, so it was interesting trying to get back into the rhythm of things and doing that kind of thing. But I survived. I powered through it, but glad to have J.O., back on the show here for this week, which our discussion for this week's episode is going to be, is AEW's roster too big? That's going to be our topic of discussion. We'll get here, get to here in just a few moments, but uh, here's some bullet points we need to get into before we even start. Cause there is a, a lot happened in the last week. A lot. There has been a ton. A busy, um, busy news cycle for wrestling fans. For good and for bad both very bad yeah some very bad uh last night there the good was hell in a cell but there was good and bad mixed in between those two things and mixed into that because we got probably one of the gutsiest performances you'll ever see in your life no you'll this is the gutsiest performance i've ever seen ever probably cody wrestling with a torn peck Inside Hell in a Cell, one of the most dangerous matches around. He comes in there with a freaking torn peck and tears the house down with Seth Rollins. Let me let me start off by saying that you 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 told me about it while we were watching it, but and I didn't notice it at first because I was in the same boat as the audience, but it was almost silent the beginning of that match. And it was just crazy once you started noticing it. Well, everyone was stunned. It's like they saw that and they're like, oh, my God. Because it, it was it, gnarly. It looked bad. You thought like Triple H's looked bad. This looked this. Well, well this, this was like a, way worse. Well, Triple H did his during the match, actually. The time and uh, it was like Crown Jewel or something. And what? Yeah, I think it was Crown Jewel. Yeah, he was taking his uh, signature bump over the top rope as he was getting Irish whipped and he tore his peck there. But Cody did this like, I think a day or so prior, like in a weightlifting accident. And they allowed him to go out there. I said, I tweeted before the match. I was like, I don't think Cody should be wrestling here. The hat's off to him, but I don't think Cody should be wrestling here. But Seth being the consummate professional and great professional wrestler that he is, he helped Cody out. He helped Cody to probably the best match of the night. Oh, Took care yeah. Of him. Seth, Seth definitely uh, carried his carried his weight in in that match, and just seeing the bumps that he was taking. Oh my god, it was I was cringing. I like it was hard to watch at points. I don't yeah. know about you. And then Cody, ta- well, he took care of Cody really well, though. If you mm-hmm. want, if you pay attention, he really took care of him. But you could tell as the match was progressing, Cody's peck was getting worse and worse 
and worse. You saw the discoloration getting worse as the match was going along. And then Seth Rollins being the ultimate heel he is, wearing Dusty's freaking signature uh, polka dots that they they made him wear in WWE. He did the same thing with Rey Mysterio a year plus ago or whatever. Or Dominic, maybe. I say it, I'm embarrassed of how long it took me to notice that's what Seth was doing. Because I mean, Seth's gimmick now is like wild outfits and everything. So controlling everybody, pretty much. Yeah, and so you know, I'm thinking, okay, polka dots, just uh, another wild outfit from Seth. And then as the match continues, it starts clicking. It's like, wait a minute, where ha- where else have I seen yellow polka dots before? And the, oh my God, Dusty Rhodes, like bro, that's messed up. And then the, some of the storytelling they did in that. So with the Triple H thing, because Cody and Triple H, the Thronebreaker thing, they did it Double mm-hmm. or Nothing 2019. Cody actually hits the pedigree and hits Seth Rollins with the sledgehammer to win the match. And then he's, I think that according to Fightful Select, Cody's scheduled, apparently scheduled to have surgery on his torn pec Thursday this week say thank god you know i'm hoping he gets you know the rest and treatment he needs i'm just hoping you know they didn't make it worse yeah that's that's for sure hope for the best for him as he gets ready to have surgery and i don't want to hear like somebody tweeted this last night last night we don't need to hear any more cody road slander ever again no like he already had my respect for what he did with his career but it's it's just, it's tenfold now. Like the guy wrestled with a, he pretty much wrestled with one arm. It's crazy though, because, I, you know, I was checking the buzz on Twitter to see whatever everyone else was saying. Like, it looked so bad that some people were thinking this has to be a work. There's no way it could look that bad and he'd be out there. No, torn pecs look like that. If you look, if you yeah. Google the word, if you Google torn peck and see the images, it looks like that. Maybe not that bad, but <laughs> yeah. Oh, Lord. And I, I got I can't go without saying with this Cody match as well. The opener to Hell in a Cell was fantastic as well. I know you didn't get to catch it, J.O., but Bianca, Becky, and Asuka for the Raw Women's Championship was a fantastic match. So, and the show as a, as a whole was overall, overall pretty well received. Say, so, out of the few, the matches that I did see, I thought were pretty good. Saw the Seth and Co- uh, Seth and Cody, Judgment Day versus uh, AJ Styles and Finn Balor. I thought was pretty good. Yeah, and Liv Morgan too in there. And Liv Morgan. My apologies to Liv Morgan. <laughs> You're good. Um, have to give it a B minus because why did Finn have to take the fall? Why uh, you, you're just it's just a, you're a Finn fanboy. It's been if people at home, if you're not aware. J.O. is a Finn Balor fanboy. I'm just saying he, you know, one of the best, uh, uh, one of the best performers they have right now uh, has not yet had the opportunity. Opportun- well, okay, I guess I should take that back. But, but <laughs> He's had opportunities. It's just very limited opportunities, I'll say. Very limited, yeah. Mishandled opportunities, I'm going to say, too. Um, in my mind, the demon is still undefeated. Mm-hmm. Um. But, I mean, <laughs> jokes aside, it was still a pretty decent match. And, uh, I mean, the Omos and Lashley match wasn't bad. I kind of hey, was interesting. Well, they were in Chicago last night, and the crowd was just hot. It was a pretty hot crowd that night. 
And they were really popping for Lashley after he won because they were like, he had him like somebody grab, he grabbed the replica WWE title from the crowd and held it up. And the fans were going freaking ape. Were, was I the only one who noticed that the fans were, they really wanted a table spot? Like for a I, few you, different matches. I had to ask you because I was like, what's going on here? I was so confused. I think I, I think they were talking about it during the Riddick Moss match. Well, Madcap Moss, whatever. They were wanting a table spot there, and I don't think they ever got a table spot. It was just a bunch of chairs. And then, well, then Corbin got pilmanized with the uh, steel steps with his, head, with his head in the chair. But, yeah, they, they – I was – and then there was a couple of times where I'm like, this crowd noise seems so a little off. But most of the time, the crowd – I don't think they needed to use it at all because the crowd was pretty hot most of the night. If they did, if they yeah. did, I don't know. I don't know if they did or not. And just and the last thing to say about that, I'm pretty sure during the the main event with Seth, when he finally did get the table, I think they were chanting "Thank you, Seth." Yeah, they were saying "Thank you, Seth." They wanted a table spot that badly. Like, am I missing something that's going on in the? I don't know. It is. It, it was whatever. The, the match was fantastic. I, I, it's going to be, it'll be interesting to see, even though it's Dave Meltzer star ratings, because if it's not in the, if it's not in the Tokyo dome, you know, what's going to get mm-hmm. or an AEW. Right. But, and uh, so it'll be interesting to see there, but love, love it. Love all professional wrestling, by the way, it's just his, his rating scale is very, very subjective. When you don't give Kurt Angle, Shawn Michaels, five stars, I have a little bit of an issue, <laughs> a little bit of an issue there, but moving into someone that does have some issues work or shoot with AEW or work shoot is uh, MJF. And apparently after that promo this week, which he was, he called Tony Khan at the end of it. You effing Mark. He was telling that he was calling for Khan to fire him. You, you effing Mark. Gosh, the promo was really good, by the way, and he made a lot of good points. He mentioned the big dub. He did because a lot of he all these other guys get WWE contracts. Then the W well, the WWE guys get bigger contracts than him. And he's the second highest ratings drawer in the company, and he should be getting his fair shake. And he's got to be perfect, more perfect than everybody. And so, and he always knocks it out of the park when he does get opportunities. He just feels like he's not getting treated fairly and all that. Then by the end, they cut his mic off. They go screen to black and they don't even address it on the rest of the uh, episode of the show. And so in reaction to this, PW Insider reported, uh, I think today, from a source from a source from Warner Brothers Discovery that there has been an order issued removing MJF to remove MJF from promotional materials for AEW. So like commercials, probably the opener, opening video package and all that. His name's also in addition to that has been taken off the AEW roster and his merch has been removed from shopaew.com. This has that can this has to be a work, right? There's no way. Uh, this will be a great work if it is. Yeah. I mean, with with these with these work shoots, I mean, let let let's say there's someone let's say there's someone listening who doesn't necessarily know what that means, and it could be myself. 
what do i mean i let's just what do they say just go out there and uh give a give a give a heated promo with some passion like you can say really whatever just you know keep it keep it clean ish i didn't didn't keep it clean there at all no yeah and the the cutting off of the of the mic like is that is that real like i don't know there like, I know also, they, they, they pulled the same thing with CM Punk, where, you know, it was like, okay, he's saying too much. We got to cut the mic. And, and the thing was there, too, you got to think about this. The Warner Brother Discovery executives were there in the crowd in L.A. This I did not know. He, he mentioned it in the promo. Hmm. So I don't think Tony Khan would let him go out there and say all that. I could be a thousand percent wrong here, but I, I don't think Tony Khan would be comfortable having him go out there and say all that without being some kind of end game to this. No, I think you're right because I didn't see I didn't see the entire promo. I should preface this. I only saw the highlights um, from Twitter and on YouTube when you know he mentioned the WWE guys, called Khan a Mark. I saw all of that. Saw when his mic got cut. So I was thinking I didn't see that part, but. Now the now now that you say you told you say he's the executives were there. I'm thinking, yeah, I, that's kind of a risky thing to do if you're you know if this is a work. Yeah, that's that's the thing though too with that. It's just I'm like, would you really send the guy out there if that's the case? If there if there's that big of a problem backstage because this all stems from MJF not showing up for a meet and greet at uh, Double or Nothing before Double or Nothing. And uh, then he was apparently in no condition to be there. So he may have been drinking a little bit. I don't know. We'll see. But maybe they've patched things up and there. this is just a huge angle. But I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Nobody knows. The only, I mean, people know is, is... the only people that know are Tony Khan and MJF probably. You're not wrong. And we MJF was pulling from somewhere, you know, like this was coming from somewhere. So maybe something deep down that he was feeling. And finally it resurfaced. Yeah. And uh, he had, uh, he also had a MJ that CM Punk came out afterward after that promo too. He did. Yeah. But this but wasn't the, on air. No, it was in, after, during commercial. Yeah. He came out. And it's like what? Because it's it was like he'll compare it to the pipe bomb. It's it's more of a freaking nuke he dropped more than anything. MJF did he dropped a freaking nuke. Yeah, but, but yeah, uh, we'll see what what develops here in the coming weeks, months ahead. Who knows what's going on? Nobody really knows what's going on except the guys in charge. So we'll see about that. And then lastly. It involves, before we get into the main topic, it's been a while, but we'll get into the main topic here right after this. And it's injuries right now, because we just talked about CM Punk. We mentioned him. He broke his foot diving into the crowd last week before a six-man tag on Dynamite. Literally just won the AEW title, title what, four, three days prior. So he needs surgery now. So there's going to be an interim champion Uh crowned at AEW's New Japan Pro Wrestling's Forbidden Door, where they'll have... So this week on AEW, they'll have a Battle Royal. The winner of that Battle Royal will take on Moxley that night, 
And the winner of that will go to Forbidden Door representing AEW. And then it'll be Hiroki, Hiroki, I can't even pronounce his name right. I'm, I feel like an absolute doof. It is Hiroki Goto will face uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi, who was supposed to face Punk at a Forbidden Door. They'll face off in an Eliminator match to decide who will go to the pay-per-view and take on the winner of the AEW side. And the winner of those, those two, AEW and New Japan, will face off and they'll crown a world champion at uh, Forbidden Door in Chicago. It was very complex. It was poorly explained on Rampage this past Friday. Incredibly confusing. It could have been better. But uh, there are also more injuries. Brian Danielson, according to PW Insider, was is apparently injured as well right now. It's rumored to be a concussion, but not confirmed. Sounds like they he'll be okay by Forbidden Door. He was pulled from a meet and greet this past weekend due to being able to untra- to travel. Uh, NWA World Champ Matt Cardona has to get surgery on his torn bicep. Uh, so the guys, some of the guys for Forbidden Door, by the way, uh, IWGP US Champ Juice Robinson, he had appendicitis recently, so that's forcing him to miss some shows. Uh, Will Ospreay, he's also missed some matches recently due to a kidney infection. Uh, Adam Cole is also nursing multiple a multitude of injuries right now. And so this is this is a big problem right now in wrestling. Then we got to add on Cody's torn pec because WWE, who they have, who do they have in line right now? Who's who's going to be the main guy on Raw anymore? Is it going to be Seth? I guess now since even though he's lost three straight times of pay per views, or Bobby Lashley too. I would love it if they gave uh, Bobby Lashley a rub, give him a nice little push. Yep. But gosh, this is like the injury bug is hitting the wrestling world hard right now. I'll say, I don't think it was this bad since what, 2015 for the WWE when like Seth was gone. That was, I think that was the year Seth just destroyed his knee. Yeah, he did in a house house show match. Yeah, that was the year where, you know, they didn't have like the star power for Mania. So then, you know, they had to call up some of the legends to, they had Triple H. They had Triple H as the world champ heading into yeah. that mania against Roman Reigns, which did not end well, really. No, it did not. But uh, I think we've wasted enough time now. Now it's time to get in our main topic. I think we probably spent it close to a half hour on this first to- on these first three topics. But here's the main topic: Is AEW's roster too big? We're going to go over why and then what they can do to fix the problem. So, Jay, are you ready? I am. All right. So we're looking at AEW's men's roster right now. Over 100 wrestlers on the men's roster. There is not enough time for all these guys. Like Say, how long I, are their shows? How what? How long are their shows? 2 hours? 2 they have 3 hours of tele, of weekly like broadcast television like on TBS and TNT during the week combined. So 2 hours on TBS on Wednesdays, 1 hour on T, on TNT on Fridays. And then they have dark, dark, they have dark and dark elevation that air Monday and Tuesdays during the week, but that's on YouTube. So not as wide of an audience is going to watch those. And so a lot of people aren't aware of those shows. They just watch the TBS or they watch dynamite or rampage and or rampage. And that's me. I don't watch dark or dark elevation, but that's a problem because a lot of these guys are not going to get an opportunity to wrestle on television as well as the females as well. There's that there's issues with both right now. 
right? Like they they're as much as you know AW says they want to be different, you know, they're getting a lot like WWE. They're making the same mistakes. Yeah. And I'm very and yeah. I, and it's it's go, I'm very pro AEW by the way. It's it's but they, I I can see the issue right now. So do you think they're having that same mindset of WWE has where has had I don't know, but the idea of uh take keep everyone so no one goes anywhere else? Do you think that's the kind of thing they're going for now? Uh, I don't know if that's the case. I just think he's stockpiling talent. He's also got, I'll get more into it. It has to do with ring of honor later on, but we'll talk more about that uh, going forward. But there's like certain wrestlers on the men's side. First off, we'll talk about the men's side first. There's guys on the men's side that I, I, I get why they're not featured on like TV regularly. Like there's Angelico, even though he's pretty dang good. Uh, dark, they're like featured on dark and dark elevation, like Serpentico and Luther It's called chaos project, QT Marshall, Aaron solo. Some of those guys, I know, I know why they're, I get why they're not featured on TV prominently, but there's like guys on there's up and coming talent that on the roster that don't get featured on TV regularly that probably should, but they're getting left off due to the guys that just been brought in the WWE X WWE guys, which mm-hmm. you, there you can be say, you can say X, anything the X TNA X WWE X ring of honor X. Eh. These guys have all worked in some of the, actually I think pretty much all of these guys I'm list I listed from the WWE signs have worked in ring of honor at some point or another. So, but like there's guys like the varsity blondes, like Brian Pillman, Jr. Griff Garrison, dark order, who was one of the most prominently featured acts like last at last year around this point is like nowhere to be seen most of the time. Otherwise, other than sporadic TV appearances, um, Brian cage, who's been left off of television mostly since last, last year. Uh, he's, he's a beast, but he, the only match he's the only match he's wrestled semi for AEW recently, like a semi AEW matches, the Ring of Honor show back in uh, April, the uh, Supercard of Honor, he was featured on mm-hmm. that. Uh, Lee Moriarty, you, we watched him live in uh, Indianapolis when we went to AEW Dynamite. He was fantastic, by the way, yeah, because he was working with uh, Matt Seidel, and he was great. He he was he was getting chance and every he's he's a great technician. I don't know why he's not getting featured at this point. Like, give him an opportunity, do something. On television, what about Matt Sidell? He's he gets a little bit here and there. Okay. He, gets, he gets more. He gets more featured than Lee. Lee, I, Lee, haven't. I don't think I've seen Lee on TV in like a month. Uh, Lance Archer, who's an absolute monster, like a six foot eight monster, can do freaking moonsault off the top rope. He's not been featured. Orange Cassidy's been like MIA for God knows how long. Has. Keith Lee. Keith Lee has been featured recently because he's been well, he, he's, he well he because he just got brought in about a few months ago, mm. but he's been featured in a tag team with Swerve. But also you got you got to mention this. I, Miro has doing some other projects, but Miro finally returned last week after like six months of being gone. And there's other there's other people like they got some of these original AEW talents they signed like the original. There's a couple here: Sunny Kiss. 
Chuck Taylor, and Kip Sabian. Those three people are not featured on TV too often. And you said they're like original signees. Yeah. See, that's just that's a that's a bad that's a bad look. You know, you have your original signees that you want to build that you want that you know original signees. I don't know what more to say about that other than you know that you signed them for a reason when you started this company. Yet they're the ones who are falling by the wayside to sign these ex ex people, ex WWE, ex TNA. It's just not a good look. They're taking a bet. They're taking a backseat to these other guys right now. Which yeah. I under I understand. It's a shiny new toy, as they like to call it. Like like, so Kip Sabian has been healthy probably for the last six to eight months at least, and he hasn't been featured on TV at all. Like other than his like his gimmick is underrated and over it. He has this like trash bag he wears over his head that says that stuff. He'll he'll show up on TV with that thing on, but then that's all he does for like. He hasn't done anything since then, but they're like, they're taking back seats to these guys like Joe, Samoa Joe, Keith Lee, Swerve Scott, not Swerve Scott, Swerve Strickland now, and Jeff Hardy. Not to say that those guys aren't incredibly, incredibly, incredibly talented guys. Say so Jeff Hardy can still go. Yeah, he did not look great in his tag match recently with uh, <laughs> with the Bucks, but that's that's that was due. You, we found out later that was due to him being pretty dang beat up from his Darby Allen match. That if you haven't watched, he, it was absolutely freaking insane. Oh, I don't Darby Allen, Jeff Hardy in a match. I could, I wouldn't even have to watch it. I could just imagine the bumps and spots that those guys would hit each other with. Yeah. It was anything goes. And you know, when that, when you have those two kind of wrestlers in an anything goes match, they're going to take the biggest risks possible. But, yeah, for sure. So, but, yeah, no surprise Jeff Hardy was beat up there. Yeah, but there's but you, you you get what I'm saying here with these guys that have been there for almost the whole time and they're just taking a back seat to these other people. And they they are homegrown. They have some homegrown. They have their they are using some of their homegrown talent for very well. I'm just saying there's like you notice with the TV time recently, it's been more focused on them, on the new people. I mean, it's a business at the end of the day, you know? They want to make money. How do you do that? Get people to watch. How do you get people to watch? Focus on people that people – focus on wrestlers that people are familiar with, which, you know, most cases are going to be the ex-WWE guys. Which I get, I get that point, but then you gotta you gotta build up some of that homegrown talent too with uh, at the same juncture. I agreed. So we'll there see was, what we'll see what they do, but it's there. There is a problem right now, and there's a, a couple ways to solve it. No, we'll get into that in a bit. But what were you gonna say again? Sorry. So you may have heard me say this about AEW. I know I've talked to my brother who watches wrestling about it a lot a lot but anytime i watch an episode of AEW i just cannot believe how many stables there are it's new and japan think, it's 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 emulating new japan and i think part of it is because of you know the problem we're talking about right now like they just have so many people that they want to have something to do so what do they do they just throw them in a stable and it's a lot like it's, I, it's a lot to digest. Know, 
like here's a few that uh, when I was looking it up, wanted to, you know, kind of see. There's the elites, obviously. You talked about Dark Order, uh, but uh, the Chris Jericho Appreciation Society. I Death hate Triangle. that freaking thing. <laughs> that name is just uh, Death Triangle, Dr- Jurassic Express, House of Black, The Pinnacle, Team Taz, uh, CMFTR, Blackpool combat club and that's just a few that i listed and and i don't think cmftr is really a thing it's just kind of a it's just a yeah the pinnacle i don't even think is a thing anymore really because it's like they have technically i think ftr is still a part of it even though they're not really at all and, and the thing that gets me about it is though is that at the time the article the article i found was written there were 10 members in the dark order like that's just so many yeah, I don't know, but the, it's just so much. There, it's a hard some for some like a unless you're like the AEW's targeting the uh, passionate pro pro wrestling fan. They love pro wrestling. It's not like a WWE esque thing. It's they people they love pro wrestling as a whole, but they're going for that passionate fan base and such. But then the, sometimes the show is so fast, it's hard to digest everything that's going on. Mm-hmm. But it, still, the, the, the shows are fantastic, by the way, every week. They're, they're really, really good shows but for the most part. But it, for some people, it would be hard to digest. And then all these different superstars coming in and out, in and out, it's kind of hard to keep track of. Yeah, no kidding. And they, I don't even include the, the, the guy, they also just signed another guy recently. It's Roosh. He's a former two time Ring of Honor world champion. He just joined uh, Andrade, mm. who hasn't been featured a ton, really. If you look, think about it, Andrade's been kind of thrown by the wayside recently. He's not really featured a ton on television. That's kind of a, that's kind of a travesty, too. And with only three another hours, mad, mad, talented performer. Yeah. And we're going to shift over to the women's division now, looking at that, the female wrestlers. And so they have only about – they have a little over – they have around probably close to 30 women's wrestlers on their roster. Um, the, the thing is, the, it, this issue for the women's roster stems from the men's roster. There's problems with the women's get, women getting enough TV time each week with just three hours of, like – broadcast television time on national tv stage like yeah like you said three hours total not even three hours an episode and the women are lucky to get two matches probably total on those shows and so which brings up the issue they only use about not even a third of the talent really on these shows for the most part yeah because that's even if you're if we if we're putting both together Plus, you know, the time, there's a smaller, I shouldn't say, yeah, okay, a smaller window of time to use, and they're even using a smaller percentage of the talent that they have. Mm-hmm. I'm not that good at math, but that doesn't look good. But, like, there, like there's, a, like, okay, there's one wrestler on here. The most unique, probably, wrestler on the roster is Abaddon, who has a freaking creepy, super creepy gimmick. She's one of the most unique characters in wrestling, but she's never on TV. I, I recall her being on TV maybe twice in her whole entire run, entire run in AEW. 
And how long has she been with the? Probably with the probably about two years. Wow, that is outrageous. I I can only recall about two times where she's been where she's been on television. Uh, Ruby Soho until recently, she had been used very infrequently on television. Like you 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 wouldn't see her. Like she was not even like I, she was hardly ever on TV. Tony Storm was the same way even after she debuted. She like showed up and then she just kept they kept featuring her in segments like talk talk segments which is not really effective it's only they're only effective after so long yeah they want to see wrestlers wrestle not talk which they aw as a whole does a great job of re- focusing on the wrestling on the show it, there, there's mm-hmm. a ton of wrestling on the show but you look at like you look at the roster for aew's women's division you see about less than a third being used for, frequently on television so like you see Britt baker on tv all the time you see, Jade, you see Jade Cargill on the TV all the time. And you see part of the group, J- Jamie Hayter, Thunder Rosa, the women's champion. She's get, she gets featured, even though it's sometimes not. She hasn't really had a match on TV since she's won the title. But uh, then Deeb, not until recently, has been used a little bit more frequently on television. But it's not consistent. Those four are probably the most consistently used people on their television. And then you got to add, for Cargill, you got to add her baddies which is red velvet and kira hogan but those are the women that are featured on television most those four and that's even that's not even consistent really either it's even less and statlanders chris statlander doesn't get used that often it hasn't been used very often on television recently but there's a feud coming into play so that's good for her but like it's so wishy-washy the problem i had with AEW uh, double or nothing was so they had a TBS women's championship match. Mm-hmm. It was Jade Cargill versus Anna Jay with literally no build. At least there was a match. They had Jade. They had. Uh, they had Anna Jay just show up to like make a save after a beatdown, and that was literally set up the title match. Just that? That's all it takes? It Literally, that was it. <laughs> I, and I, that, and I, that was probably my least favorite match on that entire card. And that was just due to the, la- due to the lack of build. That was mostly what it was had to do with, because I'm like, why should I care about this match? Well, I mean, obviously, Sig Daddy, the reason they couldn't do a build is because they have to focus all their TV time on the men. Obviously, that's an issue, and they they just signed Athena. If you know who that is, Jo, it's uh, Ember Moon. Is Ember that Moon. right? Yep, they just signed Athena, so she's featured in a feud with Chris Statlander and Anna Jay right now against Jade Cargill and the Baddies. But I get that. So at least they're starting to make an they're making more of an effort to get the women on television more. They did three matches at the pay per view for the women, which was which was a really good thing but they've got to start figuring out some kind of consistency to use these women. There's also women on the roster, like talented women, like Riho, who's the former women's champion, Nyla Rose, who's a former women's champion, and Mercedes Martinez, who is the Ring of Honor women's champion right now. Those people are not even used frequently right now. They're infrequent. They're just kind of randomly used at times. It's it's just a problem. I mean, it's I, I get... 
I wouldn't say it's just an AEW problem. I mean, I know WWE had that problem for the longest time. It still does. Yeah, it's less less so now, but it's definitely better. It's better, but it's still not the it's still not a, the best. It could be. Yeah. And giving uh, women's wrestlers, you know, enough like spotlight, that's like a whole other issue besides just uh, uh, roster space. And so, yeah, like in this, like I said, the issue all stems from the men pretty much having so many men on the roster. Yep. Doesn't give enough TV time for the women. And I think Kenny Omega is part of the booking for the women. That's That's been talked about quite a bit. But yeah, there's a lot of talented women on this roster that don't get really a chance to shine freak enough consistently on television. So we'll see what happens, but we're going to answer this question now. What can they do to possibly fix that problem? What do you think, J.O.? So I'm going to throw some numbers at you. They're kind of... Uh, the numbers don't lie. <laughs> Scott Steiner, baby. I say these might be estimates because you know some sometimes this info you know isn't really publicly known, but the number I found for AEW as of June sixth, twenty twenty two, was one hundred and seventy one. WWE as of June sixth, twenty twenty two, has two hundred and forty eight. Again, rough rough estimates. However, that two hundred forty eight is across three different shows. And that you know how many so, hours of television that is, right? Uh, well, let's say, yeah, they're all three hours. So what, well, nine hours? I'd say seven. It's about seven. seven. So Raw's three, NXT's two, NXT 2.0 is two, and then SmackDown is two as well. So it's seven hours of weekly television. Compared to w, uh, AEW's three. My first one thought which may seem obvious but maybe add another show or two give give more spotlight because honestly that's what i when i first found out that uh they aw well not aw but tony khan got ring of honor i thought i was like oh is he gonna start putting it on tv like what's he gonna be doing there that was my first thought i think that that'd be a good idea it's an established Established-ish brands for mostly for wrestling fans, you know, people in the know. But Honor's had a lot of influence on this on re- the current crop of wrestlers. If you look at it, oh, a hundred percent. And you know, with the notoriety of that, and you know, they have experience. They have production experience, so maybe they could just help clean it up with some of the you know some of that con money, and then put <laughs> it on TV. I, I think that'd be a good idea. I and the, my that was my first thing really was it's get get it rebooted. They gotta get it rebooted here sometime soon. Like you got to do it because there Fightful Select reported that uh recently that the plan is to have Ring of Honor's Death Before Dishonor pay-per-view in July of twenty twenty-three, not twenty twenty-three, but July twenty-third this year. So about a month and a half from now. But I think that would help to but you need to actually start developing some storylines for that. Just not randomly throw crap together. And then I think that having this extra brand would give more opportunities to these men and women. So if you had an extra brand, you 
get some television maybe. And uh, uh, Tony's apparently been in discussions with uh, ESP, not with ESPN, but he talked with ESPN and said that he there's been talks with Warner Brothers Discovery about what they can do together with the Grow Ring of Honor. But like, well, you need to get figure out somehow some way to get on TV soon so we can so they can get these wrestlers prominently featured that aren't prominently featured on AEW currently. Exactly. That's what. And, you know, I don't think wrestling fans would hate the idea of an extra AEW wrestling show during the week. No, it's 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 technically it's technically AEW, but it's really it's it's Ring of Honor, but yeah. it's a it's Ring of Honor, but it's an AEW sh- produced show. That's right, I should. That's what I was really trying to say. But I think giving that they it just needs to happen here sometimes relatively soon because otherwise this is just going to continue to be an issue moving forward. I say because so the the making another brand was or making another show making another brand was my good option my bad option was to be a, pull a WWE and just start cutting people which i do not want for anyone that is horrible when you know you're working your dream job and then you're just told yeah we got to let you go so here here's my idea on that it mine's a little bit of a nicer move here so Tony Khan recently he let he let some like contracts expire like Joey Janela's and few of those so maybe that maybe hopefully there's some of these contracts that he has on the books right now that are getting ready to expire not that i don't want anyone out of a job that's not my thing but you've got to free up some kind of roster space get so these people can actually go somewhere else and maybe flourish i feel like it's such a weird thing because i'm speaking sounds like i'm speaking from a Speaking like I was, if it was, if this was like two years ago, this would be, I talking about, I'd be talking about a WWE type thing. <laughs> if you ever really think about it. You know, you're right. Yeah. We, we had this, uh, uh, conversation on a few of the episodes when we were talking about the WWE cuts. And so like maybe some of these contracts are coming up here soon. So those other people can go sign somewhere else and have opportunities elsewhere. But so this will free up some TV time, maybe not free up, but it'll free up some opportunities, maybe for other people to wrestle again and get more notoriety back and get more prominently featured. But we'll see what happens with that. It's just I, there's there there's only a couple of ways to solve the problem. Your way is one of them. It's not the best way. It's, it's, it not the, it's, not, it's not the uh, uh, the the encouraged way, I'll say, because that'll just it's called that's called the piss everyone off kind of thing. <laughs> you want to piss everybody off, and these keyboard war all our keyboard warriors, AEW is a piece of crap. Oh, they fire their people. Blah blah blah. They're no better than WWE. That'd be pretty much the case. That's what that's what everyone would say if those cuts started happening. Oh yeah, yeah. But they don't have stockholders. Think about that, though. Mm, private a- company. AEW is not a publicly held company, so they're not like on the New York Stock Exchange or something like that. WWE is because all these television deals they have and the Peacock deal and all that. 
stuff. So they, they don't have that kind of thing going on for them. They don't have to worry about that kind of thing. They don't have to worry about stockholders and all that. But there's, there's definitely, it's definitely an issue. It's, it's a problem. The roster so, issue. <clears throat> Jesus, sorry. Hold on. <clears throat> Excuse you, man. Yeah. Uh, I think all that vaping starting to catch up to me. Um, <laughs> did you did you have one before I go into one more, possibly? Nope. I, I, I'm 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 done with that. <laughs> You're free to go. So this is kind of a two-parter question, and it's could be. It's kind of hard because we we'd have to put ourselves in the shoes of, or put ourselves in the boots of the wrestlers. I should say, is should. Okay, so we we agree. One of the big problems is AWs bringing in all these ex WWE guys and focusing on them. You know, the TV time, all the matches, and all of that. You would agree with that. Yeah, and they're not just ex WWE guys. It's just more prominently named guys because it's you'll have those people say, "Oh, they're ex everything." They they right. everyone's everyone's ex something, but all it's these prominently featured guys at, in WWE at some point. That's pretty much what it is. But these bigger names. Okay, agreed. So my my thought and question was, you know, should they stop? signing these big names like everyone almost there was when uh daniel bryan brian danielson and adam cole left the wwe it was almost guaranteed they were going to go into AEW, right like there were there, there were the rumors circulating but everyone from what i saw people were positive that it was going to happen mm-hmm. and eventually of course it did and you know of course daniel uh brian danielson one of the best performers in WWE, one of the best wrestlers in the world, you know, is leaving the, you know, WWE. He wants to wrestle. I know he'd want to wrestle, you know. So his contract expires, he goes somewhere else. So my question is, you know, if AEW, let's say AEW recognizes this problem and wants to fix it, like, would they have turned down Brian Danielson? I, I can't, I I put that. See, there's certain names, uh, there's certain names you don't turn down. That's one. True. But then then there's a couple of guys. So like, like maybe like the most recent one, Roosh. Uh, I, he's good. He's really good. But do they really need to add him to the roster? No. Like I, I like Jay Lethal too. He's a great addition, but did they really need to add him as well? Probably not. Jay Lethal's a, one of the most decorated Ring of Honor wrestlers ever, but they I don't think they needed to add him to the roster. They didn't really need to. Um, who's some other guys that are included on here? But Adam Cole, you that was a foregone conclusion. He was probably going to go to AEW. Oh right? yeah, he's at no his his girlfriend. His boyfriends, I mean his best friends. <laughs> I kid, you know, I, I have respect for all of that. Um yeah. But, but no, yeah, I I guess, yeah, I didn't think about that when I was you you don't say no to a, a select few. Like you'll say no, you'll, you won't say no to CM Punk who's been gone from wrestling for this long. 
you won't say no to Brian Danielson, who is arguably, arguably one of the greatest wrestlers going in the world today. And it's been going for the last 10, 15 years. Right. And then you know, the, the part where I talked about us having to put ourselves in the, the boots of the wrestlers, you know, this is, while it's a dream, you know, they, you know, they need to provide for their family. And I don't know if some, like some of these numbers, I don't think are ever disclosed, but I'm pretty sure CM Punk, Brian Danielson are making a pretty decent penny. I mean, that's one of the reasons MJF was so upset. That's what I was about to bring up. (laughs) (laughs) But, okay, the the thing with, like, I'm going to come play devil's advocate with the MJF thing. Punk and Brian Danielson are two of the biggest stars of this past generation for wrestling. You're saying they deserve it. They've earned it. Yeah, they've earned it. they've They've built their brand up to that point. MJF is, though he is the one of the biggest stars in the company, he has not built up that quite enough yet to like garner that kind of money. But he's not like I think it has to do with him not being close, even close to what they're making, and some of the other recent signings that, that have been made. No, I'm, I agree with you a hundred percent. You know, I mean, when we were, when I saw that promo, that was one of my first thoughts. It was like, yeah, they're making more than you. I don't doubt that, but. Come on, man. It's CM Punk. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's, from AEW side, you know, it makes so much sense uh, to do it. But, okay, let's put our, ourselves in the boots of a few other wrestlers. Let, like, I wonder what kind of went, like, what goes through an AEW uh, superstar's mind when they find out CM Punk is coming to AEW or Brian Danielson is coming to AEW? Like, do you think they have the thought of... Well, there's a lot of the probably initial initial reactions are like, hell yeah, we're getting Punk. We're getting Punk, we're getting Danielson. These guys are freaking awesome. These guys, they can help us a lot. They can help us grow. But at the same time, you've got to look in the same token. That like, oh crap! I'm not going to get any TV time. <laughs> very, very, very good point. See that? See that's the thing. It, it's it, there. You can look at both sides of the coin in this situation. There's a benefit to it with business-wise, making money and such. And the, but there's also these some of these guys that are. They've been busting their butt with the company from day one that uh, haven't gotten that they feel like they've earned some TV time, but they haven't gotten it. Right. And, you know, that's probably the case for a lot of the AEW roster right now. Because there's some guys on this roster that are pretty dang good that should be featured more prominently that are not at this point. That's unfortunate, by the way. I, I, I really wish that these, some of these guys would get featured on TV because I've watched like the, what little I've gotten to see some, some of these guys. I'm like, these guys are freaking amazing. Like, I, I go back to Lee Moriarty. This guy is a freaking awesome technician. Give him some TV time. Yeah. 
I mean, it's a problem. Like with with the questions that you know, I was I was proposing. You know, I don't want. Like I'm so happy that Brian Danielson was able to wrestle again in the WWE for a little bit, and I'm, and I'm really glad he's you know still doing his thing, in mm-hmm. AEW, and I'm glad CM Punk found a love for wrestling again. But you know, there's always I just wanna I wanted to bring the idea of you know sometimes it's not always the best situation for other wrestlers. And I don't think I'm wrong in saying that. No, and there has been word kind of going around that some of these AEW wrestlers are like looking at Cody's situation in WWE right now and how he's getting a good push. But you got to think with Cody, he has history there. Yep. Not everyone's going to get treated like Cody got treated, is getting treated right now in WWE because – Cody wrestled there for nine years before ever leave before leaving. He wrestled, he was there from, Oh, he wrestled on the main roster from 2007 to 2016 when he left. So that's, that's what nine years on WWE. He has, he has a long history there. And even when, even and even when he left and he traveled the indie scene, went to New Japan, Ring of Honor, Ring of Honor, he worked his ass off to raise his stock, so he, that even when he came back to W, uh, so even when he started AEW and then went back to WWE, he created a name for himself, and that you know that part of that I do believe is some of the one of the reasons you know he's getting this push he's getting in WWE. He's, he's made a brand for himself, pretty much. He's branded himself. Yes. Yeah. Perfect way of saying that. He, he's got the American Nightmare brand. Travels. He, he built that brand up enough over the past, but I think he coined that maybe 2017. He coined that himself as the American Nightmare. He's built that brand over the past five years. He built it up enough to get the attention of Vince and company to give him another chance. And he's, he's doing pretty good right now, but that's not going to be the same story with other wrestlers that are in AEW as well. It's just. Definitely not. It's going to be the same thing, but there we, we all, we both agree. There's the, the roster's too big. There's a couple of ways to fix the, fix it, but they're not, some of them are not so popular ways. Some of them are just, that they need to happen here soon with the TV. That's just that's just more TV. More TV is needed. So it's either more TV or you got to get rid of some people either by releasing or more letting their contracts expire. One of the two, and stop signing more people. That's 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 actually another one we can bring up. Right. Yeah. I guess that was that's that's really what I was trying to say. But I kind of just focused more on the WWE aspect of it. But yeah, like you have a lot of people and not a whole lot of TV. Let's stop, you know, bringing in more people. I get having a, having a bunch of depth, but that's too much depth. So is it really even depth if they never get used? On, on like, the major shows? I guess. Yeah. I guess. If you think about it like that, yeah. But we think it's a problem. I still love AEW, by the way. I, I, I absolutely do. That's... It kept my love for wrestling alive, especially during those dark days and during the pandemic. 
for the WWE watching those shows in like 2019, I think especially was starting to, before the pandemic even happened. I was so starting to get, I was getting pretty disenfranchised with wrestling in general because I'm like, I can't stand watching the product at this point. And AEW came around. It really changed my perspective and made me love professional wrestling again and kept it alive. But there is there I it's they're going to have issues. It's going to be there's going to be issues at times. But there's more, been more issues here recently than there has been since the company came into uh, existence. I would agree with those statements. And, uh, that leads us to the end of this episode. And we're going to focus next week, our topic. So we're going to shift over to WWE from AEW here. So we have Roman Reigns here, the universal and WWE champion. I think he's the undisputed universal champion, as they call him, maybe. I could be wrong on that phrasing. But he's holding both titles right now. He hasn't defended them in two months. Is this good or bad? So is Roman holding both the universal title and WWE title good for business or bad we'll discuss that here next week in depth on the show on sig daddy's wrestling show that is looking forward to that topic we don't dive into i don't think we we haven't really dove into a wwe topic here in quite some time on the show jo have we oh, it feels like it's been a minute like not like a, not like a wrestlemania or a pay-per-view or anything it's just it was more so just like a wwe related topic like a discussion topic yeah i don't think we have in a while i can't even think what our last one was but it should be a lot of fun to do this next week we'll talk about it if it's good for business or bad here are our takes next week here on sig daddy's wrestling show on spotify apple podcast pod beam the iheart radio app or wherever you get your podcast you can find the next week's episode and all of sig daddy's wrestling shows episodes all let me look at the number i all 112 will be 28 of them now. Quite a log of shows for Sig Daddy's Wrestling Show. And you can also follow Sig Daddy's Wrestling Show on Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok at Sig Daddy Wrestling and on Instagram at SigDaddy.Wrestle. And J.O., where can everyone find you? It is at Jeremy Ordas, all lowercase, Instagram and Twitter. All righty then. And uh, thank you again, J.O. Glad to have you on the Glad, glad to have you back on the show here this week and uh, looking forward to more episodes with you coming up here this summer. We have some fun stuff lined up here in the coming weeks, starting with the Roman Reigns topic next week on the show. So thank you again, J.O., for coming on. And uh, that's J.O. I'm Skylar Sig Daddy Sigmund. We're signing off saying thank you for listening and so long, everybody.